0: Welcome to another episode
1: of Double Feature Versus. I am Black Cinephile.
0: I am a.k.a. Brad.
1: That is a.k.a. Brad. And uh, before we get into it, you know, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Uh, Let us know how we are. Give us some feedback. Let us uh, bring us into the thing that is called the algorithm. And um, oh, check out our written film reviews on uh, 8bitwaffles.com. All right. So let's get into it, man. We got a uh, we got a good one today.
0: Uh, We do. Uh, We have two movies featuring the stories of the Day of the Dead, which is the Mexican holiday that kind of takes over instead of Halloween, taking place uh, October 31st, November 1st, and is the Day of Remembrance for those in your family that have passed away. And it's a very spiritual holiday. And as such, uh, we have two pretty good uh, movies that depict it in... A, a child-friendly way. Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This uh, this this uh, revolves around the Dia de los Muertos, and uh, exactly how you said it—a a childlike way. Um, and in hindsight, I don't think that's as hard to even before I see these films. That's not so hard of a thing to pull off because what what I see with a film like Coco is that when you, when Playing around with something like that with like uh like childlike with with characters that have like childlike figures and stuff like that, it's like mm-hmm. I don't think it's that hard to play around with that. Like in it from a childlike
0: view. Yeah, it well, it's it's the subject of death. So it's a very right, right. touchy subject when it comes to like children's films and kind of showing the people that have passed and everything like that. So, but it being about the Day of the Dead, they have to kind of go into that world a little bit. And I like that both of these movies took different uh, vantage points in telling the story with uh, the Book of Life and the uh, Coco. Mm -hmm. Because they both have like different ways of telling this story. We wouldn't have one from a third person perspective and one from a first person perspective in visiting these worlds.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree. Um so today we got Book of Life and uh Coco. So which one do you think we should start off with?
0: Uh so for this one, I don't think it really matters too much, so I mean, we might as well do like a chronological order for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt. Um okay, all right, we can start off with the Book of Life and uh I um I'll take this over. Okay. Alright, so the Book of Life, we have this by uh director Jorge R. Gutierrez, uh, who was known for being the co-creator of before this, uh El Tigre, The Adventures of Manny Rivera on Nickelodeon. So with this film, it basically starts off with a bunch of kids that uh go on a museum trip. Now, these kids, they're kind of like the they're the, they're kind of like the bad kids of the school. They're kind of like the outcasts of the they're school. They're the troublemakers. Troublemakers, right. So they get dropped off on a museum tour and the original night guard, you know, he's a little terrified to like have to look over these guys. So this one night guard comes and says, no, no, this one museum host comes and says, you know what, I'll take them. I, I got them. So she brings them to a, a secret entryway in the museum. Uh, first off, you know, do, do these kids not know of a uh, uh what was it a uh, trouble danger what is it when you run into stranger danger stranger danger this <laughs> woman just gonna take you to a side entrance of a museum you don't your red flags don't pop off
0: also like i love the visual effect of like that secret entrance and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it saw those kids they had to be complete idiots to not be like wait how do angles work
1: right 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 <laughs> uh yeah well they're the outcasts so you know they, their brains work a little different right <laughs> <laughs> so is that your deep cut opinion right there <laughs> yeah you know outcasts look at things differently so i don't know i don't know but um anyway she she takes them to this um this this underground exhibit where uh it basically uh tells a story that revolves around the day of the dead and it revolves around a uh a bullfighter who uh who is in love with a woman uh him and his best friend, who is a, uh, a warrior, uh, they both kind of have been competing for this woman's affection. And um, it, it, it revolves around them being the living and the two worlds that that exist beyond them, which is the, the, the land of the remembered and the land of the forgotten. And uh, basically, you know, it's, it's a story, just to just talk about it briefly before we go in depth, it's a story about love, it's a story about destiny, it's a story about, like you know, staying true to who you are, and uh basically you know life and death, and I gotta say, man, this is my my first time seeing this film when we was in like it it grabbed my attention pretty quickly, like the museum part was kind of like, okay, whatever, this is a nice little prologue mm-hmm. to stick around with these kids to get so through them, I can get to the story um but dude, the first thing that uh really got me was like the the characters like um." A creation like they're like Lego toys, yeah. Like, they're uh, wooden puppets, right? Yeah, it, it it looks so beautiful though. Like it mm-hmm. looks so odd and beautiful at the same time. It's like the torso is like the biggest part on the body. You know, uh, the women are like like petite with like big heads. It, I, I like the way they're crafted. I, I think they're crafted very well, and everything like you said is playful. Like when someone kind of gets hurt, it, it's it's done in a playful way, mm-hmm. and then it can get really dark. In some aspects. And I like how the film balances that. It balances light
0: and dark very well. Right. The like art style that they took with this movie is absolutely fantastic. Like when you have. When they're in like the real world with the kids and everything like that, the art style is very ugly, but it's intentionally made to be like that, which typically isn't for me. But when they Mm -hmm. went to like the puppets and everything that you can actually have the space between their joints because they're like puppets or dolls or wooden toys and the way that they move and everything is the way of movement of a puppet. It's not a person, you know, like when they're doing their walking, it's not like a person walks. It's more like how you would do one of those puppet marionettes, you know, down the street. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, The level of detail that they put into that kind of stuff is great and I absolutely love it. And it definitely is one of the, like, highlights of this movie is its unique art style, Uh, especially because the movie itself is a pretty down-to-the-bones love story between Manalo, the bull rider, Joaquin, the warrior, and then, uh, what was her name? Maria, the Mm -hmm. uh, girl that they both fall in love with. Uh, And I... Go ahead. No, I'll go,
1: I, I was going to say I love the relationship between Manolo and Joaquin, because even though they, they've always had like a rivalry over who is going to like grab Maria's heart and Maria's like, you know, listen, I, I belong to no man. You know, I I choose who I fall in love with. I don't get chosen. You know, um, I love their dynamic, dude, because they're they're like brothers. You know even though there's a rivalry, they've always they've always had like a, a brotherly affection for one another, you know what I mean even in the, as we go from them in their younger age to their older age.
0: right. And then you also have the characters of La Morte and uh, Sabolba who are the keepers of the underworld. Sabolba is for those that have been lost and forgotten and uh, La Morte is for those that are still in remembrance. And I love how they kind of have this little bet to see which of the two boys will work. And obviously, Sebulba is cheating by Mm -hmm. uh, giving Joaquim a badge that makes him invincible and unable to die. Which, as a warrior, basically is the biggest trump card of all time. Right, right. So, it's it's a playful way to kind of bring us into the world and everything like that. And I like it. Uh, They're kind of antics between each other uh i i loved Sabulba's kind of different ways of trying to like get the upper hand on the situation by cheating in different ways uh mm-hmm. yeah it also helps that he was voiced by uh you know pearlman um oh man
1: let me let me tell you something one of the most surprising voices in here and i didn't expect to like like him so much because he he's never had this much energy ever ice cube
0: yes i was Uh, so surprised i actually had to look up the casting for him because he plays the candle maker and he doesn't sound like ice cube at all at first it's like a tinge of his voice is there and it was bothering me because i was listening to i was like i know that voice I know that voice, but why can I not picture this person? And well, I, I knew it was him. Oh, I didn't. It, it, it was bothering me. I actually pulled up the IMDb page, and I was like, "Candlemaker, Candlemaker, Ice Cube." And then I was listening to him talk, still. I was like, "Yeah, that is him." <laughs>
1: this, this wasn't today. Was a good day, Ice Cube. This was today. Was a great day, Ice Cube. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, "This is this is more energy than Are we there yet?" Right, <laughs> I was surprised, man. He did, he actually did a great job. I mean, he was still Ice Cube, but it, it was it was surprising. It was a surprising Ice Cube.
0: Yeah, it was Ice Cube in a role that isn't typical for him. Which was right. it was not good. Me it, mugging, right? Not frowning all the time. <laughs> like, like, he's, a, he's a happy candle maker <laughs> right? He plays the happiest character in the entire movie,
1: <laughs> right? And when he looks when he looks scared of uh, 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 exbalba. How do you say his name uh Saboba He actually looks scared, like, oh man, I don't know about this right <laughs> like i I just loved his expressions through his voice in this film,
0: dude, oh absolutely,
1: um, but yeah, man, I just um this film actually surprised me in its plot too like i it went some places I didn't think it was gonna go i I knew nothing of the plot before I watched it, so it made it all the better, so like when you have uh you know, Maria, who is being proposed to by Joaquin, he's like, hey, I, I'd love to marry you. And, you know, Maria's dad and everybody's pressuring her like, listen, listen, uh, he saves the town. If you don't marry him, he's going to leave. You know, we need we need help against this this monster thing that's coming towards us. So she's a little conflicted. And, you know, of course, uh, Manolo uh, loves her. And, you know, Milono, Manolo doesn't want to pursue his destiny. Well, pursue. uh what would be his destiny of being a bullfighter because he doesn't want to kill bulls. He just wants to, he just wants to make music mm-hmm. and uh, you know, his dad and his grandma are all like, Oh man, come on. Like, you know, this is what we do. You could kill a bull. It's a bull, you know? And um, so you have that. And I, I like how when, when uh, initially, cause I thought Maria was, I thought Maria was dead. Initially when Maria uh, gets bitten by the snake, I'm like, Oh wow. They, they're going to kill her like, that Mm -hmm. fast? And then Joaquin is like, I'll do anything to be with her, and, you know, homeboy takes him to the land of the, um, he's in the land of the remembered, right? Uh,
0: oh, that was, uh, Manolo.
1: Right, right, Manolo's in the land of the remembered, right? Yes.
0: When when he makes the deal with, uh, Zabalba. Uh, yeah, he gets bitten by the snake twice, which kills him and brings him to the land of the remembered.
1: Right, and I like how that happens, and then Maria, when she gets kissed by Joaquin, just Sleeping Beauty style comes back. And I was like, oh, dude, this guy is a shiesty mofo. Mm. Like, he really cheats the game.
0: Yeah, I absolutely loved how he came up with ways to cheat and everything like that. And even the way that uh, Elmerte, uh, you know, reacts to finding out that he's been cheating this entire time and everything as well. Uh, Their relationship with each other is great. Uh, I agree for whatever. So Paul, definitely was like one of the uh, high points of this movie. And I don't know if it was because of Ron Perlman or because of like the animation style with him or what that just made him so much more lively than a lot of the people. Because you have Joaquin, who is. I don't you know, know, man. Ice Cube was very lively. <laughs> oh, Ice Cube was very lively. He didn't have too much screen time, though. <laughs> You know, Savolva's is just popping up throughout the entire movie. Uh, the Candlemaker is only really there for about maybe five, six minutes.
1: I I think it's just because of your love for Ron Paul, man. I think that's what it is. It could it be. Is. 100%. Like,
0: I, I think he's a great actor.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, Proben's in here. My, yeah. my whole attention has changed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love uh, freaking uh, the wisecracks in this movie, dude. Kind of like with uh, Joaquin is about to go against the um, the main villain of the film. You remember what his name was?
0: Oh god. Um mm. it
1: was It was Shakal, right? It was Shikal, right? I think so, yeah. The Bandit King. Yes. Yep. He's about to fight Shakal, and uh he's like, hey, uh, you know, pick on someone your old size. And then somebody wise cracks, ain't nobody that big, man. <laughs> You know, like, uh, when they were singing the music outside uh, Maria's window, they were choosing the different songs.
0: Oh, yeah, going through the pop songs. (laughs) That was so hilarious to
1: me, man. What surprised me was um, I really liked the musical choices used in this. Like, when when Homeboy just started singing Radiohead's Creep Out of Nowhere,
0: Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that works. Yeah. It it definitely has, like, a good holding on itself and taking itself seriously and not so seriously at the same time, uh, which helps with the humor and everything, because it is a pretty bare bones, you know, love triangle story Mm -hmm. uh, between it. Uh, The one thing is, I do love when Manolo goes to the Land of the Remembered And kind of meets his, like, past ancestors and everything. We kind of get a little bit more of them with uh, the bullfighting. You know, the strongest bullfighter. The one that, you know, is basically a pirate where he only has one arm and one leg. The other two are replaced by swords. Uh, You have, you know, his great-grandfather who fought three bulls at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... I I, I like those characters a lot, and it was kind of like, oh, it's, it's a shame that they're only popping in in the last like half an hour of the movie or so, because mm-hmm. I, I would have loved to see more of them, uh, especially because they get introduced. And, you know, you know, a real bullfighter doesn't use a cloth. You know, a real bullfighter doesn't use all of his limbs. A real bullfighter <laughs> fights three bulls at
1: once. <laughs> Dude, I love the final showdown where it's like homeboy has to fight against all the bulls that his family has fought and killed their entire life. Mm-hmm. And then they all come into one. Like I thought that was a, that was a cool looking battle. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And uh, I enjoyed, of course, him coming back to the land of living and all of his ancestors coming back with him, And just like that fighting and how the camera just kind of goes around each of them fighting. And one, one of the, um, one of his ancestors is cause she's just kind of like gossiping while she's fighting. And then he told me that he did this. And I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) she's fighting the the, the uh, twin sisters. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I like that, man. I thought that was a nice sequence like this film. I understand what a museum scenes are necessary to kind of transition us. We didn't even need that. We could have just started from the beginning with with Christina Applegate being the narrator. We didn't even need the kids. But um I like it man for the minute we got put into this world man I was I was in
0: yeah I wholeheartedly agree this uh, it, it the art style and the tone and everything like that it definitely brings this movie up and you know I, I know that I've said the art style a couple times but man this art style I absolutely love it it's, it's one beautiful of, it, it's one of those off putting art styles because it's not something you normally see That it just brings you in and the more you look at it, you're just like, I love this. This is amazing. And it's such a great way to kind of bring this world alive because it's an easier way to show like the day of or the uh, land of the remembrance because literally they just painted skeletons onto like the wooden figures. Mm hmm. It they look pretty much exactly the same as the people that are, you know, alive and everything. And I love that color choice where you have like the uh, Land of Remembrance is all bright and vibrant with all these like neon kind of colors and everything to kind of bring you out of the fact that they're in a different world. Uh, it, yeah, it, for it, sure. It's such a great way of doing it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. It, it was amazing, dude. Um yeah, the plot line is uh, is pretty good. The music is very good. Um, it, outside of exposition, um, I, I would say there's like almost nothing I, I can complain about with this film. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very, representat- rep- very representative of the culture. I'm not the best person to say it's accurate of the culture. But from what I hear, it gives a great represent- representation of the culture. You know, Gutierrez is Mexican, so... He, he he brought that with him when speaking about Dia de los Motos. Uh, yeah, 4.5 to me. I really enjoyed it. Uh,
0: this is a four for me. It's The only thing that really holds okay. it back is just the story is just – it's so predictable. But everything around the story is just top really? notch. You thought it was predictable? I did. It, it just – came off is you know i can tell where this is going you know i bet she isn't actually dead yep she's not actually dead you know he got tricked Mm. into this well now he's gonna be the king there now they're gonna have to go down into now he's gonna have to figure out how to get into the land of the forgotten to get to el morte to you know bring things back I i knew that had to happen but right
1: well yeah okay maybe maybe these days i like to be fooled
0: Yeah, I I guess it's also like the love triangle kind of story is just it's so played out that it's it's hard Mm -hmm. to do much with that. Uh, I get it for the point of this film and everything like that, where they had to go with that kind of, uh, you know, layout. But it's just such a played out thing that unless it does something extremely out of left field, which I didn't think that the story did that for this Mm -hmm. one it uh it didn't capture me for that it was mostly the visuals the characters everything else kind of going around the story is what caught me Mm. okay okay
1: fair enough fair enough
0: yeah which is a testament to those parts because literally story is typically the most important thing in a movie and if that was the only thing that didn't catch me (laughs) I
1: think the characters were lively enough for me to like, uh, the story was just a bonus to me. You know, I don't know much about Dia de los Mortas. So me watching this, um, it, it, it was a new experience all around. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't seen any, any of these films before. So, uh, when I kind of like wait, watch it, I was like, okay, that's new. Oh, I didn't know that about that culture in that day. Oh, that's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it was all pretty much new and exciting, new and exciting to me.
0: Gotcha. All right, man. Ready to move on? I am ready to move on, which brings us to the second film to play homage to uh, The Day of the Dead with Pixar's *Coco*. Mm -hmm. Uh, again taking place in mexico we follow the uh, story of miguel a 12 year old boy who is born to a family of shoemakers that absolutely hate music due to the fact that his great 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 grandfather had left the family in order to pursue a career in music and then never returned uh following this he falls in love with music he absolutely loves it and he wants it to be his life even though his family wants nothing to do with music especially his you know great grandmother who has a absolute hate for music due to the what uh her mother went through with everything in the family so miguel has a entire thing where he tries to get his family to understand his love for music they don't so he runs off and upon stealing a guitar that he believes is a part of his family that belongs to a popular musician known as Ernesto he has stolen property of the dead and thus gets transported to the land of the dead themselves Mm. where he meets his family and then is on a track to try and find a way to get back home with a promise that he can continue pursuing a career in music, uh, thinking that the only person that can do that is Ernesto himself. Right,
1: right. Um, Yeah, you know, with this movie, man, we're Book of Life. Once we got past the exposition, it kind of hooked me. Coco took me a minute. Like, it Mm -hmm. took me a minute to kind of get invested in the story. Like, you know, of course, I know what picks are. You know they, well there's different ways of how they start a story, but it's like if if the characters don't immediately hook you, you kind of gotta get hooked in through the story mm-hmm. like you know um I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna talk about other films right now by Pixar, but like so Miguel, of course Miguel wants to pursue something that the whole family doesn't want do, doesn't want anything to do with you know it's it's it's, it's kind of Disney formula, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying there's always the the main character who may younger or older has different, um, is looked at as different from every any other character or from their family. That's right. what sets up the conflict.
0: Yeah, it's always, uh, I want to be this. Well, no, our family, you know, are shoemakers. Right. You're going to be a shoemaker. But I don't want to be a shoemaker. And that's, yeah.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, so basically with that, Miguel, you know, there are certain moments throughout the film, I want to say earlier on, where it's like... Um, you know they they go. You can't do music. We don't do music. And then when he's in Atlanta, remembered his great great grandma says, "Okay, I'll send you back, but you you can't do music." Mm-hmm. He goes back. Dude immediately grabs the guitar. Right. Like he, <laughs> he's selfish, but he's realistically selfish because he's a kid. We're all selfish as kids, you know. So that, I I understood that part of it, but it's like. It, it took me a while to kind of get on this wavelength until, again, the moment he actually goes towards the land they're remembered, you know, like I, I I, feel like the exposition like didn't grab me as much. It, it didn't grab me as much because it was longer than the exposition in Book of Life. And so I was like, OK, let me just stick around and see what happens. But I feel like the film gets very much stronger, like uh, when it's him and Hector hanging around.
0: yes. Yeah, the strongest parts of this movie definitely are after he's in the uh, land of the dead and he's basically interacting with that world because the world he comes from, we see it from his perspective of, you know, he loves his family and everything like that. Um, He has his, you know, great great grandmother, uh, Coco, who doesn't talk or do anything. She kind of just always sits there and but he talks to her and kind of gives the exposition of like who he is to her, which I thought was a cute way of them kind of doing a character introduction to show mm. kind of his personality and everything. But yeah, beyond that, it's, it's a very boring world that he kind of lives in. And it, once it's, he brings, gets brought into the day of the dead uh, and everything like that, it's, you know they do an explanation of it and it's the same explanation we see in the book of life you know those that are remembered are seen as being able to come back and see you one more time during this day everything like that those that are forgotten you know end up being sent to a land that nobody knows of and it's a very again it's the way that the culture is and how the holiday is it's a good you know, bare bones explanation of the culture and what this day means to people and families. Uh, right. Absolutely. Once that's out of the way, we can get to the fun part of the movie, which is when he's in the land of the dead and get to meet his old family members and everything like that. And you can kind of see their p- different personalities. I love how they play around with the idea that because they're skeletons, they can play around and, you know, they can lose a limb and then just pop it back in. It's not a big deal. Their head falls off. Not a big deal.
1: <laughs> well, I love the whole thing of, uh, of Hector coming up with the idea to like face paint, Um, uh, Miguel, to have him blend in with everybody, because up until that point, everybody's like, "What is a human doing here?" Mm You know, like, what's going on? Um, what did I want to say? I wanted to say, dude, uh, is this the first time a a murderer for a character has been a Pixar film?
0: Uh, I don't. I, I mean, so. I I guess so for killing an actual another person, because we have had like hunters and stuff in Pixar films. But I guess for killing another person and being like admitting to, yes, I killed you. You know, yes, I did this. Yeah, I think so.
1: That was wild. Like, like the, tw- the twist itself was very good. But I was mm-hmm. like looking like, you know, this might be the first time Pixar put a murderer in, in, in one of their films. Yeah. I was like, this film, this film is dark.
0: Yeah, this this film hits some pretty dark points, and I I like how they actually have a twist that you can kind of see coming, but at the same time, when it happens and it starts unfolding, you're like, "Wow, that one, okay, that got me." I didn't see all of that.
1: I I knew I, I knew it. I thought in the back of my head he was really his great great granddad, but I thought it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like w- like when they're in the elevator, he's like, uh, "Oh, I'm De La Cruz' great great grandson." Just wait a minute. It's like you know, he starts starts counting years to himself. I was like, "Oh, is he is he really Dela Cruz?" Is uh, I, I thought I thought it for the wrong reasons. I thought Hector right. was a was a forgotten Dela Cruz or something. I didn't know the whole story of like, right.
0: You were replacing the characters around and being like, "Oh no, so he's actually Ernesto," and you know this person is you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh,
1: But yeah, I I hear you, man. The way they played that out was so great. The way they tied that together.
0: Oh, yeah. Because we eventually get to uh, Miguel meeting Ernesto, and Ernesto is just so prideful because he's like, I have a grandson, you know, or a great-grandson. This is amazing. I didn't know I had any family. And there's so many clues. Like, every time, like, he tells somebody, I'm Ernesto's uh, great-grandson, and everybody's like, wait, what? You know, because it's, like, a known thing. He didn't have any family. He toured, and he was, you know, doing all that stuff with his music career as his, like, number one thing. And that's all. And... Even when uh, Hector's kind of going through, it was like, "Wait, you're his great grandson," and then you're talking, doing the counting, It was like, "Hold on, wait a minute," and trying to figure out the math behind it, and you know how that can happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that was the thing when um when uh ah man, what's his name? What uh, who, who's the forgotten was Was it Hector?
0: Uh, Hector was the. Father that was, like, left to for- be forgotten.
1: Okay, so, yeah, when Hector's, like, counting off on his hand, I, I was like, wait, it might be him. But, you know, I, I thought it for the wrong reasons, like yeah. I said. Uh, but, dude, I love how, in the end, the whole title of the movie comes together. Because I'm like, dude, why is it called Coco? Like, because I still don't get it. Then they realize, they re- you realize that the the very older woman that's in the wheelchair, her name is Coco, and that was his daughter, He doesn't want to be forgotten, and I was like, "She she's starting to forget him as she gets older." I was like, "Oh, now that makes perfect sense." Mm -hmm.
0: Also, his entire like Hector does come off as a little bit sleazy, but his reason for it completely makes sense because he's losing time to see his daughter one last time, because. He hasn't been able to see his daughter at all since uh, even before he passed away because he was brought onto this music tour away from his family. And it was when he was trying to get back to his family that uh, he was poisoned and died. And in the land of the dead, he was never able to get through to be able to see his family one more time due to the fact that they never put his photo on the mantle.
1: See, yeah, I know, I get that part. My my thing is, I don't think he came off sleazy to me. I, I thought he was just a guy that was down on his luck trying his best to get across. Like I love the different uh the different disguises he uses. Oh yeah. um, especially when he comes to Ernesto's place and uh he's dressed as uh, I forgot what the person's name was and Ernesto thinks it's really her. Like, I thought you said you couldn't make it. And then Hector just rolls his eyes and takes the disguise off like it's me, dummy. Like mm-hmm. I, like, like like I'm here to like, you know, uh, you know, some some confrontation that was happening but um I like I I just like he comes off sleazy but I don't think he's see I didn't he didn't come off sleazy to me he came off to somebody I was really just trying to get to the other side and that it was important for us to know why he was trying to get to the other side we didn't know exactly how everything turned out and how everything was like connected in the beginning but we knew he was important
0: Right. It's definitely more in the beginning. He comes off as a little bit sleazy where he's like kind of using Miguel to get to his ends. It's basically when they get to the concert and everything like that, that he comes off as more like, okay, he's he's a good guy. You know, Uh, when you see like one of his best friends finally get forgotten and, you know, pass on to a world that nobody knows. And that's a very emotional scene with him with the guitar and everything like that. And it, that's where it starts being, okay, there's, there's more to this character. He's not just, you know, going to be the run-of-the-mill guy that is trying to use Miguel and then turn out to be the bad guy in the end.
1: Did, uh, uh, did, did his great-grandma die at an old age? Like, I'm talking about uh, like the woman that was married to Hector.
0: Uh, yes, yes. Okay, because she still looked young in that other world. She, uh, she had the it. one like gray kind of like uh, it, tint of hair to kind of show that she was older and everything like that. Uh, okay, but yeah, it's yeah, she was definitely she died of old age. Uh, same with most of the family.
1: I like the confrontation with um with Ernesto when the um the big flying tiger cat thing comes. And like just, just drops them and then picks them back up and then throws them in the bell, Just like how oh, yeah. he died. It <laughs> just crashes down on him in the afterlife. And uh, I like how in in the real life, uh, everyone's like partying and hanging out, and then you see the words uh uh no no, you see um remembered. I think you see the word remembered on a Ernesto on a Hector's face, and then you see forgotten on um Ernest Ernest. You see the word "remembered" on Hector's face. But you see "forgotten" on uh, on um, Ernesto's face. Right? Yeah,
0: on his uh, tombstone to be forgotten.
1: Right, 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 right. I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, I wanted to say, man, when they're in the afterlife, and you know, Hector is like, he's fine. He finally gets over. You know, he hugs his daughter, who is who is older. I'm like, dude, that is such an interstellar moment.
0: Mm.
1: like the younger dad coming to see the, the daughter who was like very, very old. Right. I was like, that's such an interstellar moment. I just started laughing. It's cute, but it's, it's it's so funny at the same time.
0: Right. It's the whole thing of, wait, when you die, you just stay the age that you died at? That's kind of like, a pretty shitty deal.
1: <laughs> like, that sucks. Like, he's still young. She's like, like older, you know. Like, uh, How's he
0: able to carry her? right
1: yeah <laughs> But I'm like, listen the physics don't make sense. It's a Pixar movie just don't don't they are
0: skeletons just don't don't think too much into
1: it. right, right. um yeah, I thought the music in here was pretty good. I I, I kind of like the music in book of life a little better even though that's not as original. They were taking like you know they were taking already made songs in book of life but i I kind of like the music in here. I thought remember me is pretty good um a, a lot of it was like uh you know like um miguel kind of showing his pipes how he can sing because mm-hmm. at first all i heard was oh i was like that's singing yeah but i I guess as he kind of went to the music i was like oh okay he, he can sing
0: yeah i do like how uh they did that for his first like uh Going in front of people and performing, where you have Hector there, kind of like trying to get him through and being like, "Okay, you gotta loosen up, you know, you gotta you do your yell." Ah, okay, maybe not do that. <laughs> maybe you should follow your family's advice and right. Maybe you're
1: not a performer after all. <laughs> and maybe maybe you can be a songwriter instead. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah.
0: Um. Overall, I say this is a solid four. I enjoyed it. Uh, This one's a four point five to me. Wow. You know, I I love the story of this, the characters, you know, the music, the atmosphere, the way that it plays with the land of the dead it's it's just all vibrant. I, I loved it, absolutely., uh, the characters were a whole lot more interesting in the day of the or the Land of the Dead when you're introduced mm-hmm. to his family, uh, the other people that Hector knows. Uh, I love how it becomes this weird game of trying to like sneak into Ernesto's tower and he meets the other people that were playing during the, uh, you know performance kind of ceremony and he sneaks in with them to be able to meet Ernesto, uh, even how he finally gets Ernesto's attention by performing one of his songs at the party and everything. Mm. It's its such a great kind of thing. And, you know, then the twist of showing Ernesto, it's, there's so much about this movie to love that, yeah, I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, I got you. I agree with you uh i don't agree with the point five, but i do agree that it really is a great movie yeah so i think when it all comes down to it i guess we're at another draw um i really thought coco was was really great for what it was i just think book of life kind of hit me a little harder with this craft and the way his story unfolded but uh it's listen i don't think it's a bad choice to go either way i just think I'm, I'm leaning a little more towards book of life as the better one
0: yeah it's this is one of those ones where it's two great movies that we have here and they follow the same kind of like storyline based on, you know, the day of the dead. And I love that each one actually has a character that is, uh, you know, wants to get into a life of music, but is told, no, their family is for something else, you know, because we have Manalo's being told he has to be a bullfighter. Miguel's told he has to be a shoemaker. And, I thought that was a funny little coincidence between these two movies that they decided to go like that route. And I know that it's not like a Coco ripped off the book of life kind of thing either. Uh, cause it's just, they happen to have that same kind of, you know, plot line tied to them. Uh, but yeah, they, they both shine for completely different reasons. Book of life shines with its artistic style and, you know, it's, you know, way of storytelling and, and then Coco shines with its characterizations and its more interesting world of, you know, that it takes place in it. Mm-hmm. They both have their extremely high ups and then they have those downs that bring them just a tinge.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, it's like um, it's like I saw in Kanto before I saw this movie and i know it's two different films one is one is mexican one is colombian but it's like when they both kind of deal with and again it's the disney formula so i kind of have to remember that it's right, the one yeah. main character who's different from the rest of her family in encanto her family does magic she's the only one that doesn't do magic you know um in in, in uh in coco the main character loves music the rest of the family doesn't love music so i kind of had to I kind of had to separate myself there, like, okay, I got to remember it's the Disney formula. It's not the two movies, it's the formula. So once I kind of got into the groove of Coco in its own uh, individ- different plot, I said, okay, all right, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is one of those things where, you know, I I mentioned it with the Book of Life where it's got predictability. Coco has that same problem toward the beginning. It's just after that kind of opening sequence, it goes into this, okay, I can't tell you what's going to happen next. And even when you're like, oh, I think I know what's going to happen next, you're just like completely thrown back when it's something different. You're like, oh, wow, okay. I didn't see that coming at all.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. All right, now that we're at the after show topics
0: of the show, uh, anything you've been watching lately? So lately, I have not been watching too much. Uh, I started watching the new Star Wars show, Andor. uh, Really good. I got to actually say, like, this is... It it doesn't... It feels like Star Wars while not being formulaic like Star Wars. And I kind of like that. It's kind of pulling the same kind of vibe that uh, Mandalorian had where it's something that feels, you know, that you remember, but it feels completely fresh, Uh, Mm. which I didn't expect too much from this show. Like when they announced that they were doing a show based on the guy from Rogue One, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, okay, whatever. And now I'm watching and going, okay, you know what? I was wrong. This is good. I really like this.
1: <laughs> Listen, man, when you have a lot of money thrown at you, you have some very creative people behind the behind the scenes that really want to make something great. You, you, you can hit a gold mine like you did with Mandalorian in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen either, but I've heard glowing reviews for two of these shows. You know, the stuff in between uh, Boba Fett. Uh, what was the other one? Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've heard like... I mean, if you're a fan, they're good, but like I heard like the high points right now are Mandalorian and Andor.
0: Uh, for sure. Like, Obi-Wan, I think the problem it had was with pacing, where it was like, we gotta tell this story that takes place in a short period of time over the course of eight episodes. And so they were writing it out, and then they were like, oh, shit, we, we still have only one episode left to tell the rest of this story, and they were just like, okay, cram it all in there. Uh, <laughs> Book of Boba Fett... It it wasn't bad. It was just not what people expected because it became more of a politics on, you know, Tatooine kind of thing than watching a bounty hunter show like Mandalorian. Mm.
1: Okay, Interesting. so Interesting. that
0: one I don't think it was bad. It was just not what people expected.
1: Right, right, and and the criticism isn't that they're 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 bad. It's just that they're just like you said, not what they were expecting. A little slower than they were expecting to.
0: Right, and I think uh, where, you know, you have Andor and Mandalorian have that benefit is there's no expectations with these shows, you know? You had Mandalorian is a completely new character in this universe that can do whatever, and you know, there's nobody that's gonna go, that's not the Mandalorian I remember, that's not what I think he would do, because he's a new right, character, right. how can you... And then with Andor, it basically people were like... Oh, yeah, that guy from Rogue One, whatever. And then they're watching and going, oh, man, this is actually good.
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't really been too much into the new Disney plus content, but I heard that it is. Um, I heard that it is good. I, I, I do plan to watch this stuff. Now, I want to ask you, when you watch the Marvel shows and when you watch the Star Wars shows, is the content as on par with the films? Like, As far as like, I know the budget is there, but I mean the content.
0: When it comes to Star Wars, I think it's actually doing better than the movies for the simple fact that they have more time to develop out these characters and put them in different scenarios and everything. They're not mm-hmm. constrained to just a two-hour timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to Marvel, it's a little bit more hit and miss how they do it because you can tell that there's a little bit more control and precision on those shows to you know meet certain mm-hmm. goals and everything, which it, you have some shows that kind of play around with that a little bit more like she hulk and then you have some that kind of go bare bones like this is what we have to do like the uh, falcon winter soldier and so those ones are a little bit more hidden miss to me
1: okay okay Okay, fair enough, fair you enough. can
0: tell that they had to play into a bigger world. You know, Mandalorian doesn't have to worry about what other things are doing. Uh Andor, they really don't have to worry about what else is going on. The Bad Batch, they can do literally anything. They're pushed into this time where they don't interact with anything else that really matters for the Star Wars, you know, canon. And but with the Marvel stuff, they had to take all that into effect where okay, the things that play out in this are going to have ramifications for the next movie. Like, the events of WandaVision had, you know, they tied into Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, Yeah. the events of She-Hulk are going to eventually tie into a future movie or series for the Hulk. Uh, It it has a lot more connection to that universe, which makes it a lot harder for them to take... you know risks with it i guess
1: okay so so can that be exhaustive
0: a little bit um i think that she hulk did a very good job with it okay kind of being closer to the comics with its comedy and everything like that and not so much being you know this is a superhero show it was a superhero lawyer show which it, it it takes its hits with it and you know, you have a character that breaks the fourth wall, which definitely kind of brings a little bit more humor within, making fun of like the tropes of the MCU and stuff. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like one of those things of, yeah, we're doing the tropes, but we're making fun of it too. So you know, we get a pass, right? It's like, no, you no, know, you don't get a pass because you' like pointed <laughs> out. you're still following the tropes
1: <laughs> right, right, right. yeah, man. um as far as things on the agenda, I'm a. Uh, I'm probably gonna head out and go see Tar today. It's the newest uh, Todd Field film, the Todd Field film with uh Kate Blanchett in the lead role. Uh, I, I've heard nothing but glowing reviews from critics, man. I'm really excited for this. So the thing with Todd Field is he he comes out like almost every other decade with mm-hmm. movies. Like uh, he he has like three movies under his belt because like he um, I don't know he he's just like he he takes. He takes a long time between each projects, and uh, this is his newest one. So, I'm interested to see what happens. What was his last movie that he did? I think his last movie. I think I want to say Little Children, but I'm not sure. I um, mean, let me just make sure here, because I know he did In the Bedroom with Sissy Spacek and uh, my man Tom Wilkinson. I think his last movie was 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 a uh, Little Children okay uh yeah 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 in the bedroom little children and this is now his uh his third film he's an actor too uh but as far as like directing like uh like feature films like he's like uh he has a lot of time in between each one so like so the, his first one was in 2001 second one 2006 and now we got this one in 2022
0: okay so there was a little bit of a gap there you know <laughs> just a little bit just a, a little bit, bit of gap. <laughs> uh but yeah man he's
1: he's a terrific director and uh yeah i um i'm excited to see this one man i'm um tomorrow sometime on the agenda i'm gonna probably go see triangle of sadness that has woody harrelson in it and like uh it's really a movie about like these rich people on a cruise and then things go horrifically wrong and woody harrelson's the captain but uh it won the Palme d'Or, and plus I like the director of it, so it, it, they they say it's a pretty good satire.
0: I, I heard about that one. It It's on my list, but at the same time, it's one of those indie movies, so it doesn't play during normal hours around here.
1: Oh, who are you telling, man? I got I to gotta go on some random time around like 3.35 p.m. Right, yeah. You couldn't just make it 3.30? Like, why, why you got to push it to the 5? You know what I'm saying? Why are you doing this to me? right 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 but uh yeah i should i should enjoy that one i heard that's a really long one too but um it should be good it should be good uh oh wakanda forever dude i'm hearing initial reviews saying it's 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 amazing uh
0: i mean take it with the grain of salt everything marvel that comes out is basically oh my god it's the best thing ever you know But at the same time, I don't think that it's going to be a bad movie, but the initial reviews for almost every Marvel movie have always been, oh, this is amazing. This is going to be the greatest thing in theaters this year.
1: I'll say you're right. I can't speak to that, but I'll say you're right. Um, I don't know, man. Some Marvel films, I kind of been hearing initial reviews and I'm going like, "Yeah, man, this is going to be just aight. But if you like this person, you'll like this. Like, I don't know. Were initial reviews for Black Widow glowing?
0: Uh, I don't think there were really initial reviews for Black Widow because that one was that weird in-between space when they were trying to figure out to release it in theaters versus Disney Plus and everything like that.
1: I know initial reviews for Multiverse of Madness were glowing.
0: Yeah, Multiverse of Madness. Thor Love and Thunder had amazing reviews from critics at the beginning and then all of a sudden all critics kind of went yeah i guess the movie was all right after it came out it was like really
1: you know what man i'm gonna believe the hype i mean ryan kugler hasn't made a bad movie
0: oh yeah I'm, i 100 believe the hype and everything for this one it's just one of those things where it's like initial reactions like yeah it doesn't mean anything for marvel movies though
1: <laughs> you know what maybe so maybe so but some part of me believes yeah, this this, this is gonna this is gonna like, like meet the hype um yeah all right well that's it for me man uh anything else from you uh nothing else on my side all right folks don't forget to like share and subscribe check out our written reviews on 8bitwaffles.com uh you can find me on twitter at uh at black cinephile you can find brad on twitter at brad wozner uh, yeah, that'll be it. Take care. Don't forget to love and watch movies and uh, catch you on the next one.